Konnichiwa! Welcome to the Age of Enfrightenment podcast. So I nope. am your. <laughs> I thought that was. All right. Keep going. Keep going. It's All right. Fine. Fucking fine. All right. No, no, you're this doing, is your you're host, doing a really good Theo. Yay. I'm here with my old pals, Nicholas. Hey. And David. Hey. Hey, girls. And with us is a very special guest, friend of the show, not a friend of mine, Carl. Hey now, I, I would I wouldn't say very special guest. I'm just kind of like, he's man. Yeah, come you on. know. Thank you, but well, what I liked about you was your confidence, <laughs> um, your yeah. sense of self worth. I have tons of that. <laughs> so we got a really cool episode for you today. This is one that I'm really excited about, and I think we all are pretty jazzed about it. And we are going to be talking about what are we talking about? <laughs> um. Metal Gear Solid. Fuck yes. I knew you guys brought me on for a reason. <laughs> We're talking about aliens. It is our 11th episode, and it took us until now to talk about aliens. Yeah, you'd I, think that's real low-hanging fruit. Yeah. And, I, and I don't think we've talked about them much at all. Maybe uh, in little pieces as like a... I don't know, a related subject to other things, but this is going to be our first dive into it, and I think we're starting in a good way, which is going to be a focus on specifically claims of visits to Earth and abductions more than anything else. UFOs, uh, Little Green Men, the sort of best intro we can make into the world of extraterrestrials. Now, right on. <laughs> so I've had a, a, like a lifelong fascination with aliens and UFOs. You know, we're we're all products of the '90s, and for some reason, aliens were just everywhere in the '90s. You know, the X Files was a giant, you know, cultural milestone. Yeah, I was going to blame X Files for that. <laughs> yeah, and everybody had a, a glow in the dark green carnival alien. Yeah, yeah. I was really into X Files, and when I was a kid, I got a lot of nosebleeds and was convinced that I was being abducted at random points and forgetting about it. I yeah. think that holds up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I feel like there was a lot of kids like that. Like I was definitely in the same camp. Except I didn't watch X Files as a kid because it terrified me. Like to the <laughs> point where I would hear the song and like start like shivering and right. getting all the knowledge out. of it was enough. Shitting like, uncontrollably, just shat everywhere. <laughs> For all you knew that mess. it was it was just a big hoax, hoax to just fuck with Carl. Like, there wasn't a show called the X Files. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like a Truman Show, but really boring. Dave, David Duchovny is just Brad Pitt with some facial um, <laughs> like prosthetics. <laughs> if only, right. It's, it's not I'll like Brad David Pitt Duchovny wasn't known at that time, and David Duchovny was, so why wouldn't they just go with the name Brad Pitt? <laughs> I, listen, I'm not the one who created the fucking hoax, Dave. Don't ask me. Yeah, he only created the X-Files, okay? So you, you bite your tongue. There was, I remember when I was probably like, I'm going to say eight, and a Transformer blew outside. And the power Robots announced. in <laughs> And you know when a trans when a, when a transformer goes up, it's like it shoots out like green light and like it like makes weird sounds and shit. Mm -hmm. And I remember that happening, not understanding what it was, and I was convinced that like this is it. They're here. They're <laughs> they're taking over. Yeah. So I I think you bring up an interesting point though. The transformer blew and you thought, oh shit, they're here. I feel like there's two camps when it comes to believers in this sort of thing. There's the people who think that they come and they visit with altruistic intent, and then the opposite, which it seems like both of you guys were in the mindset as children, at least, that no matter what, aliens being here is a bad thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah, there was definitely, like, a weird fear involved. Like, irrational, 
because they may sure. or may not even exist. So, but I, I, it was definitely a thing that I've always yeah. had a weird, like I said earlier about the X Files, like it, they just scared right. the crap out of me. Which is interesting because I think pop culturally, we have always kind of had a steady diet of both ways. Like when we were kids, I feel like there were examples of like the friendly alien, like we grew up with ET. That was a very different approach um, to the alien mythos than something more like Independence Day where they come and they just want to harvest us and our planet. So, But it is kind of interesting that I feel like most people grow up with a fear even though we have these examples. I don't know if it's something that's just existentially part of our being to just assume that it's bad, but it is interesting that it is the place that we go to. I think even before the X-Files, my fear of aliens probably stems from uh, that little asshole from, like, the Flintstones, Kazoo. Kazoo. Like, that guy's terrifying. (laughs) Go back and watch it. (laughs) I I remember it might have been on America's Most Wanted or Unsolved Mysteries or one of them. There was an alien abduction story that I saw as, like, a very little kid. And I was really freaked out about it, and I was bothering my parents. And my father, in like typical '90s dad fashion, finally just go yelled, ask your mom. No, well, it, no, that would have been so much fashion. less damaging. He just yelled at me, "It's under your bed. Go to bed. <laughs> go to aforementioned bed right now." <laughs> and I remember that night, I was so scared. I I, I was full-out hallucinating. I remember seeing lights uh, blinking in a way that uh, normal car lights just don't blink. And, like, it it was absolutely just fear fucking with me. Fear is a hell of a drug. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I think... So that brings up an interesting thing. We talk a lot about science and rationalism on on this podcast, and I think we all very... All four of us here very much hold true to that. And because of that, we're all pretty much in agreement. Of course, there's extraterrestrial life. The universe is far too large for that not to be the case. But we are kind of split on how we feel about visits to Earth and whether or not they've happened. But before we kind of get into that, maybe we should lay down some of the groundwork of what we're talking about. And I think probably the best way to start would be with the case that most people are at least tangentially most familiar with, which is... The O.J. Simpson trial. (laughs) (laughs) Poor O.J. Those aliens have been been, uh, screwing him over this entire time. Come on, Juice. Recently let out of prison, O.J. Simpson. The Juice is loose! But let's let's start with Roswell. So, Theo, why don't you tell us a little bit about what happened, when it was, and why it's so important to what we know about aliens today? Yeah, because okay. if I'm not mistaken, you were there, right? <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny that I was president of Roswell, New Mexico. You grew up in New Mexico, right? I can neither confirm nor deny that I grew up in New Mexico. Uh, so, <laughs> in July of 1947, so 70 years ago, there was a some kind of crash in on a farm and the farmer who lived there he and his son went to investigate it it became the basically the template of what we know of alien stories you know um it has all the groundwork uh the crash the uh alien life uh the government cover-up it's all there so the official story of what happened is that a an, a weather balloon that had a microphone on it that was being used as an early warning system for Soviet nuclear testing yeah. crashed in the desert and it got out of hand. 
That's the official story. That's the official mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. But there was what was interesting the about the story. <laughs> the the official story, both from uh, the Army airfield itself and then the Air Force, was that yes, it was some kind of weather balloon involved with Soviet testing. Which is like, all right, that makes perfect sense. Of course, we were you know surveilling them, uh, but the they they used a very specific term in the official report that kind of launched a lot of the hysteria, which was that it, they identified it as a flying disc. Right, which was that was the official in... army. Like that, those are the words they used. So in, you wouldn't call and, normally a balloon that. So it kind of sent people right. And the reeling. days, the days after it happened, the local newspapers. That's what they were saying. Right, was a flying disc crashed in the right. desert. And saucer was already a term that people were familiar with. This was already sort of. A, it wasn't to the degree that we have, but like War of the Worlds, that kind of concept of little green men from outer space coming specifically in a saucer was a thing. So when that word disc was used, it became a national thing pretty quickly because everybody thought, well, why would they say that? And then it, they didn't really backpedal when you kind of like read the reports and stuff. And But people kind of took it as, well, first you called it a disc and now you're calling it a weather balloon. What are you hiding? And you make all of the you know uh, assumptions that you want from from that point forward and there's a lot of stories that have spun out from it you know uh, accounts of townspeople because I mean it's Roswell isn't like a bustling metropolis it's a small town right. mm-hmm. in New Mexico a small desert town uh, so there's uh, one of the things I found really intriguing was that a local mortician was contacted by somebody on the local Air Force base and claims that they were contacted because somebody had in the airport or <laughs> Air Force morgue had questions about how to keep a body that had been exposed to the desert for a couple of days fresh. Right. So the implication was that there was some some thing, some, some yeah. person, some some Being, living entity, right. yeah, organic and, material left over from right. the crash. Yeah. The Air Force definitely like stepped in really quick once they found that the crash happened and where it was. They were all over it. Right. I think one of the things that was really interesting is even though this happened in 1947, from a lot of what I read is that there wasn't a lot of immediate hysteria about this. It was also a time where people took things more at face value because it was way pre-internet, so people weren't constantly questioning the facts. They didn't have that the they internet in forty-seven. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Al clearly, Gore, Al Gore was still developing yeah. it. <laughs> well, that's when it, that's when the internet crash landed. He didn't in Roswell. have enough tubes. <laughs> he didn't have enough tubes yet. <laughs> <laughs> but people took things more at face value. So when the <laughs> army said, "Oh, it was a test and whatever," mo- uh, pr- most people kind of said, "Oh, we're just—it's just us trying to take down those Ruskies. Look, look, we'll get another yeah, weather balloon up soon." Ruskies. <laughs> yeah, but wasn't Roswell really the start of d- – didn't that trigger a lot of sightings around the country after it, that? It definitely it did, the... but it took a while for it to pick up steam. Mm-hmm. And there are people who connected a lot to other things that were going on. So in 47, you know, this is just a couple of years after the end of World War II. People had their focuses sort of elsewhere. But within the next decade, into the 50s, we're – in the middle of the space race and we're trying to get to the moon first and we're people all of a sudden lay people which we did for those at home who didn't know boom yeah count it everybody at home keeping score US 1 Russia 0 US 1 moon 0 <laughs> we totally fucked up that moon but but we're in the middle of the space race and all of a sudden you have farmers people who live in, on ranches out in New Mexico who are aware of rockets and the kind of things that were sort of just government knowledge before that 
So you have people writing science fiction about it, and all of a sudden, people start looking back to Roswell and asking questions. Uh, Dave, you had mentioned from there, it became more common for people to make claims of contact or UFOs, things like that. Yeah. Largely, people identify one particular case as the first big case where people claim to actually have been abducted. And uh, those people were Betty and Barney Hill, and this was in 1961 in New Hampshire. Just real quick to kind of get it across, because there are some things that they said that people sort of identify as the first time we hear about these things that have been sort of commonplace ever since. Mm -hmm. Um, So this was in New Hampshire. They were driving in a truck. The claim was that Betty, the wife, saw a UFO following them, which is kind of an interesting thing that I don't know if that happens a lot. You're Normally it's sort of just like the saucer out in the sky. <laughs> the alien just kisses I, them I, for three I days. I can't help but think that the, with the name Betty Hill, like the Benny Hill thing was just playing. I, play, I, I, that's why I started laughing when it was said. <laughs> I was trying to make that reference for the past like minute. <laughs> so, so she claims that she saw them first, alerted her husband, and he was like, what the what the hell? Uh, they claim that they actually. This was really interesting to me. They claim that they actually saw through the windows of the craft and could see the people. So they must have been really close. Holy shit! Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. So they claimed to seeing humanoid figures, um, sort of similar to greys, but that hadn't quite evolved yet. So there aren't a lot of things that jive with like the big black eyes and things no. like that. What was interesting was, in a couple of accounts that I read, they were wearing Nazi-like uniforms. Oh, shit. <laughs> Which is like, this is like an older so couple. So it was Nazis it was. Yeah, this is an older couple in the 60s in America. They've Makes still sense. got some some bent-up frustration about the war. As they should, and as everyone should still. <laughs> that would be terrifying, because that would mean that a very, very advanced race has conquered space travel, figured out the light year issue... Right. got here and we're like, you know Yo, who's on point? <laughs> the Nazis. Where, you know, the, the Roswell crash kind of, like I said, that sort of set the template for the conspiracy cover-up angle of UFO culture. The um, Hill case kind of set the um, template for, like, the abduction side of it. Right, yeah. absolutely. So, yeah, yeah, they were the first people <clears throat> to kind of at least popularize the idea of they will come here, take you, and leave you, as far as you can tell, unharmed, but strange things will happen afterwards. So they claim that they woke up after missing hours, which also becomes a very common storyline in abduction cases, is that people, it's like having a concussion, they lose a big chunk of their day. Missing time. Right, so they're missing time, and they woke up, they claim, 35 miles away from where they said they saw this craft following them. And it wasn't for another three years that they actually went to see a therapist about this and they had um, hypnotherapy done. Now, in the 60s, that was very much like a a more highly regarded way that a psychiatrist might actually work with you. Status quo. It's very much now something that has been sort of pushed down to quackery and the, 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 the general quackery <laughs> waddle 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 <laughs> so the so um, now people in mainstream kind of say that you can actually do more harm to someone's psyche by by trying to do that because you can sort of implant accidentally yeah, ideas that's in people's true. heads. They found that out after <clears throat> right, uh, which well, is the satanic scare of the eighties. Yes, absolutely. Hell so yeah. this had a lot of the same details where they claim to remember nothing, 
post-hypnotherapy in 1964, they now said that they're starting to get back some of their time. They were called invasive medical experiments. They were the first ones to kind of say that. That's where we get anal probe jokes from and Me things also. like that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey. I mean, they might have just been really hip people that were into some, yeah. some kind of kinky freaks. stuff with the neighbors. <laughs> but they claimed that and... Um, they were sort of the first national media sensation, which was a big deal. It wasn't just they're making claims. It was all of a sudden everybody in the U.S. sort of knew about the Hills, and they were very outspoken about it. Um, the Barney Hill died only like a few years after the hypnotherapy, which conspiracy theorists can make their – I think he had like a brain aneurysm or something like that. Um, but It was those aliens. <laughs> but well, Betty, yeah, Betty, yeah, lived space for, <laughs> Betty lived for a long time and to her dying day was very much like, no, this happened to us. People need to know about this. It's important. It's going to affect everyone's lives. And that became the biggest push is that they never sort of came out and said this was a hoax like a lot of people have right. since their claims. Yeah, and that was that was definitely one of the first really big abduction stories. And throughout I mean, from like the 60s up until probably like the 90s, like wherever you are geographically in America, I'm sure within 50 miles, there's some kind of famous case of an abduction or an encounter with an alien. You know, so many really interesting stories came out of that era. You know, the the Hopkinsville goblins and the the Loveland monster, like regardless of whether they're true or not, it's really cool. And it's like this really strange part of American culture that seems very, yeah, you know, native to America. So, yeah, I forget what you, the goblin. The, the Hopkinsville goblin? Yeah. Hop, yeah, so Hopkinsville goblin. If you're out there, uh, write into the show. Like, let us know uh, what's what's up, you know? We'd love to hear from you. Are you a Hopkinsville goblin? <laughs> <laughs> no, I Call feel Lori like, Povich. I feel like it is a very My American thing. My daughter's dating thing. a Hopkinsville goblin. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I'm on a riff! Go ahead. <laughs> I feel like it is a very American thing. I know there was a a crop... Well, I hate using that term Uh-oh. for what I'm about to say. There was a crop up of them in England because of all the crop circles and yeah. everything, but I feel like... Good pun. <laughs> everything UFO abduction is very specifically this country. Yeah. And the Brits got into it largely because of us like the in a lot of that i was looking into again with that sort of psychedelic movement of the 60s that was a very shared culture musically that we had with the brits and that became a big thing david bowie in fact was like very big into extraterrestrial theory and believing that he himself had made contact God, which he was just he was best. he was a star child well so. i mean take a look at him i'm if there's anyone we're gonna say hey they've he was been made here. of stardust he was, he was the, he's the proof he that was, we needed he was the star man waiting in the sky. Yeah. He'd like but, to get it to know us, but he thinks he'll blow our minds. <laughs> but that also and ties blow into, our minds, he did. <laughs> that also ties into that idea of good or bad, because in the 60s, there was a lot of people that didn't think they were a harm. They kind of thought, like, yeah, man, it's cool. Like, they're going to come here. They're going to teach us all kinds of crazy shit. It's going to be far and out, man. It's going to be so far out. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Theo, you had mentioned the Hopkinsville case what, what what is that about for people who don't actually know because i think it ties into an interesting pop culture thing that people aren't aware of this is actually one of my favorite um alien encounter stories so this happened in 1955 in hopkinsville kentucky 
where a family of seven people, uh, they're having dinner in a house and it was in a kind of wooded area in Kentucky. And they claim that out of the woods, these creatures that they had described as goblins uh, attacked them. They said that they were about three to four feet tall. They had big heads with big round eyes and long pointed ears. And they said that they were silver and glowing. And they said that they came out of the woods and basically just tried to get into the house. And for a while, they, the house was just under siege by these creatures. And there's reports of them trying to get through windows and uh, getting onto the roof. And at one point, because, you know, it was 1955 in Kentucky, of course, there were guns in the house. Goddamn <laughs> right. Way the more guns USA. than people. One of, <laughs> one, of the, one of the adults actually brought out a rifle and started shooting at them because, well, why wouldn't you? And they claimed that the bullets would just ricochet off of them. Right. Because they're made of silver. Exactly. They're made of Superman skin. And they... Eventually, the, the goblins just disappeared and back into the wilderness. So the whole family uh, piles into the car and they drive into town to the nearest police station and be like, hey, you'll never guess what happened to us. <laughs> and they file a report and then they go home and the goblins come back. And again, they have this. We standoff. heard you called the cops. <laughs> <laughs> stitches get stitches, motherfucker. You're <laughs> goblin town now, bitch. <laughs> so, so this is in 1955, and this is when you know this is the era where this kind of stuff is really starting to pop up. I wouldn't say regularly, but more more frequently. More frequently. Right. And, you know, this is just some family. They weren't going to the newspapers. They weren't, you know. Yeah, they were just doing, trying to, like, protect their house. And, yeah. Like, Which yeah. is interesting. Like, like, they they didn't seem to be trying to get rich off yeah. of it. Yeah, they weren't, yeah. you know, doing this to yeah. get some kind of, like, book deal or something like that. This is just, like, something happened to these people. And, I mean, there's been lots of things said about it. Like, maybe it was owls that they saw. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What kind? Four foot silver. Oh, no, 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 no. It gets, it gets, it does get weird. Here's the thing. No, it gets, seem. it gets better. <laughs> uh, the owl thing kind of makes sense because, you know, it could have been like a big, like horned owl. You know, and they have like the little spiky feathers yeah, yeah, yeah. on their heads. They have big eyes. So, and they've all gotten eyes. drunk yeah. off moonshine and yeah. fired at owls. And, and this is, dude, this is Kentucky in 55. My favorite theory was that it was escaped chimpanzees from a circus from, that from were painted silver <laughs> yeah of course yeah I don't like it when aliens are the most reasonable explanation <laughs> it's like oh fuck it let's just go with aliens like, I'm well, not believing right. this chimp bullshit <laughs> so what's really cool about this and I uh, figured this all out while I was doing a school project actually is that <laughs> um, you know Decades after this happened, a young director had been, you know, encountered the story in his past and was fascinated by it. And he started writing this movie called Dark Skies. And it was about a family besieged by aliens. And the idea was that there's going to be all these evil aliens, like the Hopkinsville goblins, and one friendly alien. And eventually, his name was E.T. the extraterrestrial. Well, yeah, I love that little guy. Well, yeah, that's you blew it, Carl. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm. Oh, shit. I, yeah. was just thinking, I was making a Simpsons reference. I, I thought it was D. 
derailing. I'm Let sorry. me finish. So well, that, it goes we'll through, that it goes through the fucking Hollywood machine, and it's, it's uh, they decided they only need the one alien, and it's just the friendly one. It becomes ET. Oh, and the probably because Spielberg. they realized how expensive it would be to make a bunch yeah. of aliens. But like, like, well, we gotta have the nice ones. So but this Spiel, is a movie about a nice. But alien. Spielberg was still like really. Uh, Spielberg was really uh, still really interested in the idea of like a family besieged on by like you know extraordinary forces. And that ended up being the um, the impetus behind Poltergeist. Oh, I think um, E.T. just as a film uh, is is very important, as we all know. But I think one of its most like important things to our culture is the use of uh, penis breath as an insult. <laughs> it <laughs> was really that one really stuck with me. It was really way ahead of its time. <laughs> now, was it this incident that? like solidified the image of the grays so i actually i have some stuff about that i'm sure it it probably factored in i i would argue did they let's say this family's full of shit or they hallucinated it was that or or was the owls or was the owls (laughs) was that influenced by grays because i was actually interested to find out some of the history about how far back they go now there's a few theories before i get into the one that i thought was really kind of interesting some are, I mean, like, in, in general, they're the successors of Little Green Men. So before that, there was the idea more of, like, Marvin the Martian was, like, sort of the old school, I don't know, probably, like, 20s kind of idea of, like, yeah. you know, Little little Green Men and, and I guess, Roman or Trojan yeah. war outfits. Well, I mean, that's, <laughs> well, that's the thing is that, like, you know, since humanity was able to figure out that, you know, some of the lights in the sky were other planets, there was always ideas that people lived right. there. So, I mean, like, the... The actual romance, you know, had stories about, you know, people living on Mars and Venus. Right. And so that's, I think that's a lot why Marvel the Martian so, looks like that. So part of the, <laughs> so part of the grays evolved from the little green men, just their skin kind of changing. But possibly one of the earliest manifestations was H.G. Wells actually wrote in an article in 1893. More so like this H.G. Is, smells. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Man, you're throwing shade at Wells. This podcast is not soft on Wells. (laughs) So he wrote an article uh, describing futuristic human beings, which I think is interesting because there are some theories about greys and grey encounters that they're not actually extraterrestrials. They're us from the future. They're future boys. Which would make sense why they're so humanoid. They have four limbs. They have regular heads like we do that are just larger. They're hairless, which is actually something that happens over the time of evolution. We've lost more hair. So he described these futuristic human beings. And then in a lot of his writing since then, carried through that idea of the gray. So some people attribute it to him, but other people say it goes even further back to ideas of the fair folk and fairies because there are a lot of similarities to small people, um, sort of humunculi like uh, proportion where their heads are a little bit bigger. Strange lights in the sky, stories of abduction. So again, there are a lot of things that say that the greys are just a natural evolution of what we used to talk about leprechauns and fairies and and ogres and all of these things. And in the scientific age, shout out out to Shrek. (laughs) And in the scientific age, those became greys. So greys themselves, even though, again, like that 90s idea of like, well, that's how that's how we saw them on South Park and stuff. It's actually a pretty old concept. Yeah. So some interesting things that we can get before we kind of get into some discussion about how we feel about it or, or other things like that. 
Um, some interesting facts and figures. Well, that, my favorite that Bowie album, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> Probably Ashes to Ashes. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> It's it's interesting, like what you were just saying, though, is like uh, we gotta wonder how much of this is like chicken before the egg kind of like philosophy because it's like oh well were they the ones who kind of perpetuated this idea of the greys because they described them in this way or is that an old like you know like ancient sort of Roman kind of belief where these creatures have supposedly existed or whatever and it, it, it's there's no definitive timeline of like okay. What what came first, like the idea right. of the Greys or these people? It's not like well, Slenderman, who we talked about right yeah. before. I mean, how we, we know we know where he came from. What I like is we had religion for a lot longer uh, than <laughs> than aliens. However, the gods or God, depending on which religion it was, were something completely unattainable. They might kind of tinker in in a regular person's life in an unseen way but the idea of there being something much more powerful in the sky that there's no alien rule that they won't actually come down here and interact with you one-on-one right i feel like it's a very different form of uh, of almost a religion Sure. It's, yeah, I mean, you could, it's you people could coming from the sky, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's so it's interesting that you mentioned religion because so roughly ten percent of Americans believe that they've seen a UFO, which is pretty crazy. That's a lot of people that say that they've seen it. Yeah, it's got to be like at least seven or eight people. That that's yeah, yeah. that's at least as that's, many people as we have in this room. It's literally like <laughs> dozens of people. Uh, more more than half believe in UFOs <laughs> without having seen it. More than half of the country believe that UFOs, sure, they're out there. This I thought was really interesting. From a National Geographic survey um, in 2012, it showed that more people believe that the government is hiding something from us regarding aliens than actually believe in Jesus. And we are very, that blew my mind. So we are a Jesus-heavy nation, but there are more people who think not just like, oh, aliens are out there, but specifically the government knows shit about aliens or are keeping aliens and they're not telling us Jesus Heavy it. Nation was my favorite P.O.D. album. Fuck, dude. I was just about to say Jesus Heavy is a the Jesus Heavy band Nation. Name, and I call it. <laughs> no, that, uh, all kidding aside, that actually is crazy. That, yeah, that's, that's, a, weird that's too. a wild I don't know. Stat. Do you guys shit. remember, like, not to get political here, but when, during the recent political race where, like, there was articles, I don't know how viable or, like, how truthful it is, but Hillary Clinton said, like, if I'm elected president, President, I will reveal whatever secrets there may be about like Area 51 and shit like that. Oh, that was like, you that are just real. That, oh, I yep. did that not real? know. That. No, you're oh, yeah. you're 100% right. So and thanks, I, Donald Trump. Yeah. Another thing that <laughs> another thing we'll never know from. about. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. That was part of it, and it's because of popular opinion. Because when someone's running a race to be elected, they go with what people are shouting about, whether or not they plan on. Hillary Clinton's like, okay, how can I capitalize on these millennials? <laughs> Pokemon Go and fucking. Aliens. <laughs> Let's do this. But but I mean, it just goes to show that of the people listening to this right now, most of you think that the government is hiding something yeah. from from us when it comes to aliens. I trust the government fully, and I think everyone else should. <laughs> I mean, come on. What would? Why would they want to hide anything? Carl, you got a um, UFO story? Um, no, nothing really like substantial. Again, like I'm kind of like uh, just in all forms of life, I'm kind of um agnostic when it comes to a lot of stuff like I definitely believe that extraterrestrials exist I do I like Fox Mulder I want to believe that they've been here um 
There's been a couple times where I've seen things that, like, in my mind, which is probably very biased because from a very young age I was kind of inclined to think that way when I couldn't understand something. I've seen some things that, like, like I remember one time I was I was following a friend home, um, and we were driving down like a kind of a busy highway around here and I just saw like the the classic like three lights in the sky sort of thing hanging very low to the sky and just like the entire like I almost got into a car accident because I was driving and just couldn't stop looking away and I was like what the fuck is that what the fuck is that and then I ended up like getting into my friend's car later because I was just dropping my car off so he could drive me to where we were going and he knows how I am about aliens and I got in the car and I was like so uh so, uh, Sharky, did you, uh, did you see anything weird when we were driving? He was like, yeah, man. I didn't want to say anything because I know it might freak you out, but uh, I definitely saw that shit, and I don't know what the fuck that was. So, um, and then Sharky pulled off his face. And he, he was he uh, had, he had a looked, civilization of aliens living inside of his skull. He, he looked like Large Marge from Pee-wee's Big Adventure. No, so that's like that's one. There was another time where I know uh, this was like years and years ago when we were in high school where um, I, I was looking out my bedroom window and just kept seeing this light. It looked like a star or like a plane, but it kept getting brighter and then dimmer. Almost like if you saw a plane that looks like it's just staying still and a cloud is passing over it, but it was like a completely clear night and just kept getting brighter and dimmer. And since you and I, Theo, are of the same mind and we um, we happen to believe this sort of shit, like I knew that you were also an insomniac and we're still awake. It was like three in the morning. Yeah, this is like super late. I'm yeah. just like... And I called you because I'm like, he's probably fucking awake. He's probably up worrying he's, about aliens. Like he's probably <laughs> too afraid to fall asleep because of aliens like me. So I, I call him and I just start... I, I, I started telling you about it. I was like, hey, I just keep seeing this thing and it's really it's really weird. Like, I don't know like what it is, but, you know, needed to tell someone about it. And, and then at one point I was just like, oh, you know what? It's actually... I haven't seen it in a while. Like, it went completely dim and it wasn't like you could even see anything there. It just looked like a clear sky and it was probably like a solid minute where there was nothing in the sky where I had seen this light for the past like 15 minutes just glowing and and getting dimmer and then just on the phone I was just like oh motherfucker and you're like what and I was like yeah I just saw a a shooting star from the spot where I saw this light just fucking take off in the other direction and I I was looking at the sky for the next like hour like Wow, and I can't explain that. They're like, like "Oh shit, Carl's was looking probably, right at us." It was probably just an owl. <laughs> it's just one of those big space owls. It was an owl. A weather balloon with a with a microphone taped it to it. It was an owl painted silver <laughs> with a chimpanzee taped to it. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know enough. Like I, like you said earlier, we're very scientific people. Like if we don't have definitive proof, like. I also have shitty eyesight, so I can't really be like, oh, it was definitely you. I also don't have eyes. I, I, yeah, for those listening, you can't tell, but I don't. I wear two eye patches. Not because I don't have eyes, I just think it looks really cool. I'm a big fan of uh, Kurt Russell. And, uh, you know, I figure be cool, wear two eye patches for every one that he Perfect wins. fucking jumping point. I was point. just going to say, speaking Are of Kurt Russell. Are we thing? Uh, we can, but no, we got something else to talk okay, about. Sure. Something actually kind of cooler. So there's this, one of this really more recent um, cases of UFO sighting, but like... Kurt Russell was abducted by aliens. A really famous one. It's the Phoenix Lights. And this happened, I think it was in the 90s. And it's like the most viewed, like the most people saw this. Uh, it's these... Um, six rotating lights in the sky over Phoenix, Arizona. And they it first became like publicly aware because a pilot called it in. And 
um, just like a pilot who was in the sky, happened to see it called into like a um, um, control tower from the airport that he was going to in Phoenix and reported it. And they're like, yeah, we don't have any scheduled flights in that area. It's like, okay, well, I'm seeing an unidentified, um, unidentified flying object. And fast forward to this year where they're doing touring for um, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. And it turns out that the guy who reported that, the pilot, was Kurt Russell. What the yeah. fuck? Yeah. Yeah. So, no way. Yeah. Holy. Yeah. No, <laughs> so this is legit. This is legit. We just watched, you can watch the video from the interview with him and Chris Pratt. He was, they were on some English talk show. And it's, and now, and it, it made perfect sense to me when he started telling the story because I do know that Kurt Russell is an experienced and licensed pilot. An alien hunter when he wears that cool hat. Or alien himself. But wow. um, we should be so lucky. But I, he was I, telling the story about how he was flying his son to Phoenix to land and, and like drop off his son with his girlfriend or something like that, and then he was gonna fly back to the <laughs> so, okay, so his son all, and his girlfriend were on his back and they were yeah. flying. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was gonna say that's, that's a, I hope that that was a first date and like Kurt Russell's son is just like, I'm really trying to impress this girl. I think she's really cute. And Kurt Russell's like, yo, what if we show up in a fucking plane? <laughs> like, let's do that shit. So he dro- he dropped him off. He he made the call. He's told the story. He said he didn't really think anything of it because he saw it. And when you report something that's unidentified, you call it an unidentified flying object. And he used it in the most technical term to say, I don't know what it is. It's my duty as a pilot to call this in. Yeah, and he was like it says like he wasn't even thinking like aliens no. or anything. He nope. said that like, he f- like it you know escaped his mind until he came home and his wife Goldie Hawn was watching like a UFO show <laughs> and that was happening. He's like, oh yeah, I called that in. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? His wife Goldie Hawn is also a really good band name that I also call. <laughs> how, how interesting is your life if you get to a point where you overhear something on the TV and be like, and this sparked the greatest controversy over you and just be like, oh yeah, that was me. And then That's you also fine. go, oh right, also I'm Kurt Russell. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> my life is so fascinating, I literally forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's crazy because like the show that they're on, it looks like it was some kind of like British talk show. It was him and Chris Pratt and Chris Pratt's face during this. Very handsome. Just very handsome face. Priceless. <laughs> just like watching Kurt describe all this. But it seemed like from when I got, it was like they were just talking about like UFO cases in yeah. America and stuff like that. Yeah. And there, he brought up like the Phoenix Lights one because it's a pretty famous one. And Kurt just like starts like, and the, the numbers on the tail of that plane were this, 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 and this. I was that pilot. And they're like, what? The numbers on that plane were six, six, six. <laughs> <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> so at, at this point so I think it's interesting Carl you talked about your experiences of like things that you've seen I think we can each kind of talk about what we believe to what extent and why so I, I don't know if we should get it into now but there's also some like psychological things that go into this stuff and one of those things is sort of like sleep paralysis sleep issues things like that so Carl do you want to talk a little bit about like sort of your experience on like that end sure. of, of this whole world that we're sure, talking about? Sure, sure. So um, I am someone who uh, experiences uh, sleep paralysis. Uh, basically, when I was a kid, I used to um, just have uh, what I would call night terrors, which is just another name for uh, sleep paralysis. As a kid, I didn't really have much of a frame of reference for what was happening, and uh, it, it, to me, the only kind of thing that I could gravitate towards, like being a kid who had watched the X-Files and was a part of like the 90s boom of just alien pop culture stuff, I just assumed that it was like, so I was getting abducted and uh, being paralyzed by 
extraterrestrial beings to be taken onto their spaceship. And, I mean, like I said, growing up, you realize that that's not the case, but there was one point I remember in, I think it was in high school, where I fell asleep, and I had, like, two bunk beds when I was growing up, and I fell asleep in one of my brother's beds, and I was looking across into my other brother's bed, and that's when the night terror sort of hit me. And I opened my eyes, and the thing that happens with sleep paralysis is you start to hallucinate. And I remember seeing, like, the way his blankets were, like, all, like, kind of formed looked like the face of, like, a girl just, like, completely white and, like, terrified. And I could swear that I was on an operating table on some sort of alien spacecraft. And, like, I woke up and I was just like, well, I'm not going to sleep tonight. But it's it's another thing where it's, it's all, that sort of stuff is all hallucinate you know, hallucinations and not really credible as like a, I, I don't right. think it's a credible thing to, to say like, oh, I was abducted by aliens or anything like that. Like, I'm pretty sure that it's always just been right. sleep paralysis. But another weird thing is like, as a kid, I would always sleep on the top bunk and there was a lot of nights where I would like wake up and my feet would be at my pillow and my head would be down at the other end of my bed and I'd be on top of my blanket. I'd be like, how the fuck did this happen? without right. me falling out of the bed. So I just always kind of thought, like, oh, I must be I must be one of those people who gets abducted by aliens all the time. So it was it was regularly that was the that was the theme. It would it wouldn't like switch to ghosts or thing. It would it no, would no, not like never, a nightmare. It's more like a and it feels like a real experience. It's, it's, it's funny because my, my mom is a very devout Catholic and a very wonderful woman and she's a saint. But I told her that I would have these experience as a kid and be like, I don't know what's going on. Like what and like her way of trying to like ease my mind, like she didn't <laughs> It's it, the devil, honey. It, <laughs> literally. No, oh, that's just literally. Same. She was like, Oh yeah, I used to get those all the time as a kid too. We just called them devil dreams and we believed that the fucking devil was sitting on our chest and strangling us. And I'm like, oh yeah, I was I was much better off just believing I was getting abducted and anally prone. Like <laughs> this is awful. But it's so it's interesting though because tons and tons of these of these cases psychiatrists one of the best things they've came up with is sleep paralysis. Yeah. Which is interesting because they haven't really other than just like the hysteria of things become popular so you talk about them clearly there's something about that actual experience that people have like you do that's a real medical thing. Mm-hmm that for whatever reason is tied really neatly to aliens because it's become a very common thing. Yeah, and, and it's, it's God, weird. sleep paralysis didn't show up until what, the DSMV-4? So that means mm. for how many years was this undiagnosable? So it's very understandable that people were freaking out. They had no idea. You're just, I've, I've, I've had night terrors before. You're fun, just right? aware enough <laughs> That yeah. like you 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 feel like you're awake. Uh, yeah, so I would for, be curious to think how many people had these and had no explanation for them, so they turned to something like aliens. Yeah. So for those who are listening and may not know um, what sleep paralysis is, it's basically it can either happen when you're falling asleep or you wake up suddenly from asleep and it happens. But basically, your mind is uh, in a completely cognitive state. But your body is in a like uh, a subconscious state. Like you- <clears throat> your brain floods your body with chemicals when you enter uh, REM sleep. Yeah, that and- basically keep you still. It's it's why you don't jump out of windows while you're asleep. Those chemicals are still coursing through the body during a night terror, 
So you're awake, you can't move, yet there's still enough of the lingering REM sleep that you start actively dreaming. Yeah. And because any mind is bound to panic in a situation like this, it's usually something horrifying. Mm-hmm. It's never... Especially yeah, it's like, never like, and I it's got never a the care bears being oh, like, let's go yeah. build a treehouse together. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's the type of thing where since you're everything, like all of like, chemically your body is like, oh, okay, it's dream time. So if you open your eyes, you'll start hallucinating. And there's been times where I've hallucinated and seen dark, shadowy figures standing over my bed or things of that nature. And I think that's why it can kind of be so closely associated with abduction tales because you're like, oh, they gave me some kind of drug to keep me from moving so they could experiment on me. When in actuality, it could just be that, you know, like whatever fucked up chemistry happens in your head that causes you to have sleep paralysis. People tend to see three things with sleep paralysis. It's either what's called the hag. Dracula's. It's the hag, which is an old woman. Right. um, A tall man. uh, Uh, And aliens. Slender man. (laughs) Like are are the three things that people tend to see. Yeah. I I, I, one. That's neat. Yeah. Yeah. Like a witch almost. Yeah. Shout out to Lauren Blakiki. <laughs> I don't know if we have to bleep out her last name. I can't remember if she said it, but um, it hello, hello <laughs> but I think that that chemical component is really important because what I found really interesting in a lot of people who see therapists about this and see psychiatrists about this, they are clinically declared perfectly sane which I thought was really interesting. You would think that a lot of the people who are like, oh, I was abducted and they did these tests and are really like very, very adamant about the truth of it, they are evaluated and for the most part, people tend to say, yeah, they're, in my professional opinion, they're perfectly sane. What happens a lot is they are people who experience things like epilepsy, narcolepsy, sleep paralysis, something that they just call a proclivity for fantasy, which is like adorable, because it's like, oh, dude, <laughs> I like Lord of the Rings, is that doing all something? But But it's, these are people who are sane, but they have a specific uh, disorder or something they suffer from, or even just a personality trait, like a proclivity for fantasy, that can is just enough to dissociate you from reality to say these things. And, and you would, can be a perfectly functioning person in society. And I would say that because aliens have been in the zeitgeist for such a long time, aliens is going to be something that a lot of these minds jump to. It's either ghosts sure. or aliens. Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's it's a good way to justify it to yourself and yeah. say, well, I'm not, clearly I'm not the only one. It's People, something we can put a name to. I right. will I will tell this story, though, about a recent, um, a more recent night terror that I had that was a particularly, like, jarring one. My family and I were vacationing in the, in the outer banks of North Carolina and just, you know, right on the, on the beach. And my first night there, I have my own room and I'm, like, super excited by the beach, finally time to relax. And I have, like, one of the most horrifying bouts of sleep paralysis that I've had in years. And, you know, like, my mind will always, even though I I know, like, the scientific side of it, it it can't help but be like, oh, aliens. Just, you know, that's just kind of where it goes. And I'm just like, all right, well, whatever. I wake up the next day, and I'm just hanging out in the, like, living room area of the, the house that we're renting. And my older sister is talking to my mom about my little nephew, who I think was four or five years old at this point and she just goes yeah Dominic said he he, he was he said something really weird this morning 
And my mom was like, oh, what was that? And she was like, yeah, he found, like, a rubber band on the floor, and he picked it up, and he said, oh, mommy, the, uh, the aliens came last night, and they, they dropped this, and they said that they're going to come back tonight and get it. Oh, you and gotta I, get rid of just, that like, nephew. Again, again, <laughs> again, I didn't say a goddamn word. Like, it happens kind of regularly enough that I'm not like, hey, I had another night tire. Like, no one in my family, like, I didn't tell them, like, oh, I had a really tough time sleeping last night. And I just overhear this conversation, and I say, shut the fuck up. I was like, what did you just say? And she was like, yeah, Dominic thought that aliens came last night and that they're coming back tonight. And I was like, well... I'm not fucking sleeping tonight. And then, and then Carl put his nephew on a plane <laughs> to Asia, and they never saw him again. And yeah. So uh, if you're out there, uh, my nephew, I'm not going to use your name. But yeah, he really <laughs> <messed up. laughs> He's but still very you. young. <laughs> no, that's that's really, I mean, and there couldn't be anything more straight up horror movie than a little kid. In, oh, a, in yeah. a perfectly innocent setting, just be like, Mommy, the visitors came, and they, you know, did this, and, and they dropped their rubber band. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, I don't know. We, band, yeah. now, let's, now let's all take another hour to just discuss, what the fuck are aliens' obsessions with rubber bands? <laughs> <laughs> we all want to know. I think they use them as fuel. <laughs> <laughs> so, another logical explanation that I think is interesting that's sort of related to what we're talking about. Owls. <laughs> still, Owls are still on the table. Um, is something called temporal lobe sensitivity. And this actually ties interestingly into something we've talked about way back in our first episode, uh, which was the man who created the God Helmet that Dave told us about. Corin. Yeah. <laughs> Jonathan God Helmet. Right. <laughs> so, well, so there was Corin and then there was, and then the other guy's name... Uh, Persinger. Persinger. So Michael yeah. Persinger um, actually studied temporal load se- sensitivity. And if you remember when we talked about that, it had a lot to do with the what what is happening in a person's brain when they think they're having a divine encounter or something sort of paranormal. And it's the same thing that's connected to this. So people study this to try to find out what's happening. And one of the theories is that certain brains in the temporal lobe have a higher sensitivity to low level magnetic frequencies so literally just the magnetism of the earth of appliances of so think about somebody who maybe works in a certain lab or something they'd have a higher proclivity to thinking that they're experiencing these things because their brain is actually tricking them visually and auditory uh in in those kind of ways oh yeah no there are parts of the earth that uh tend to be a little more electrical and then, you know, not to put on, like, the crazy conspiracy hat, but, Do like, there... Put, put on that hat. It's called the guy helmet. There are some devices that we use that, you know... iPhones. There's, there's, no, there's no reason why we would do studies to see how they affect this exact part of the brain. Right. Uh, so if somebody is more sensitive to it, then naturally they're going to see things like this. You know, another... Um, reason for stories of abduction and I'm gonna just you know spoiler this is just gonna bum everybody out yes um, is actually sexual abuse yeah I I had that in my notes I retract I retract my yes Um, (laughs) you know it's like stories of abduction this one of the one of the three lines of it it's a very invasive experience Um, you know there's that the the myth of the alien anal probe yeah, which you yeah, know I was just going to say yeah which which is is funny but like that's 
One of the one of the things I done is Carl giggles. For the record, that's not funny. I was laughing because like it's so not I mean, funny, guys. I mean, yes, it can be funny, but in context of what you just said, okay, all right, not. yeah, I, I could have phrased We're, that better. I'm sorry, <laughs> that's on me. No, you, no, you no, couldn't. No, no. But you know, it's this the idea of something coming into your room late at night and you know of removing your violating clothes you. and violating you. That's that's it's a lot of fine. a lot of psychologists think that that's yeah. people trying to rationalize a history of you know sexual abuse as children yeah and you know i i didn't want to jump in the uh the hills uh incident that's kind of where my mind went that one or both of them was sexually abused like kidnapped and sexually abused right. and By then Nazis. there's hey <laughs> clearly <laughs> then there's uh there's folio do uh which is a medical condition where if one person experiences traumatic events yeah uh and shows some kind of repression or a mental illness, uh, a person that they are close with will also tend to begin exhibiting the same behaviors. It could be very likely that they were abducted by Someone. people yeah. and horribly sexually right. abused, and that's why they lost time, that's why they turned up in a different spot, yeah. and that's why they have a story like this. I feel like it's an unfortunate theme in a lot of our episodes, yeah. like the witch one, where it's like, so witches aren't huh. real monsters. Yeah. People oh, yeah, are. No, yeah. They just hate women. It's, it's like, yeah. Misogyny is the real yeah. enemy. Yeah. Yeah. All um, of the worst things that can happen to you are usually at the hands of other people. I just want to go back, circle back to like what we were saying earlier, where it's like, yeah, it'd be great if just aliens were like the actual reason yeah. behind yeah. shit. Like, that's the way to go. Mm-hmm. So... One thing, uh, as as we're kind of talking about theories that I found really, really interesting was there's a lot of people who have become sort of notable for speaking out about these things. There's actually a group called the Mutual UFO Network, or MUFIN for short. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Shout toss me a MUFIN. <laughs> and it's a group made up of people who define themselves as experiencers, that's the, team that, the term they use, who Sweet. have all had either very close or some level of contact with extraterrestrials, so they say. They band together, they have meetings, they try to speak out about it, get more seriousness put into the subject. Um, among the people who were very serious about those things is this nuclear physicist named Stanton T. Friedman. So he's a really interesting guy because in the 80s, with movies like Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Uh, I saw that movie. <laughs> Star Wars had just come out a few years before. I saw, I saw that movie too. <laughs> so people were really fascinated by aliens in a big way for the first time where it was like a household discussion. And this guy, who is a nuclear physicist, actually had government contracts with different companies, worked on a lot of really important things. He comes out um, and says that the government absolutely has made contact. Aliens are here, not like they crash landed and we have some bodies. They're here among us, and the government knows about it, and it's one a massive conspiracy. He actually has called it throughout his entire career Cosmic Watergate hmm. um, and was, again, vocal for decades like he's never retracted any of his statements about this and what i thought was really the coolest thing that i found that he claimed which is a very different idea than i think a lot of people come up with is that aliens are here for a very specific purpose and that's to police us and prevent us from colonizing the universe basically so the the idea being that aliens some other alien race found out that we've become very advanced in our technology and we are sort of at the cusp of going out and colonizing other planets and that they kind of had to send an envoy here 
to, to settle down and basically just fuck up our tech. And that's the <laughs> idea, is that they're basically here that whenever we make a major breakthrough, whether it's nuclear fission or whatever, they're here to just pump the brakes in some clandestine way to make sure we never get off this rock, basically. Which I thought was really interesting that to think about in, from a moral standpoint, the idea is that aliens are like, God, those humans are fucked up. We True. cannot let them leave Earth, and that's why they're here. Now this Stanton T. Friedman, is what's his stance on quackery? <laughs> it, it, I think he's for it. If, if you okay. think about it, though, it kind of well, explains the flat earther thing that's been kind of going yeah. around recently. It's like maybe someone's just like, oh, hey, y'all need to pump the brakes. Let's, let's go backwards a, a little it's bit. It's just... I know I've been quieter than usual during this episode. <laughs> um, Thank God. My problem with that is that presumes a lot. That presumes that the aliens are at a level where they would view us as a threat, where they're technologically advanced to get here, integrate themselves into every facet of society. Right. Into our world governments. Yeah. But we're still somehow... A threat. a threat to them, right? Yeah, it's um, it's some like Harry Potter shit. Not to mention models. that <laughs> you know the 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 thing is, like I said, there are definitely aliens out there. Uh, it's almost impossible that there aren't. However, there is no rule stating anywhere that a planet would evolve the same way that we would. Um, you know, if if we dropped a nuclear bomb, this could very well be a society that has no problem with radiation. Right. Uh, you know, Why maybe, would they think it's a threat? Maybe right. over evolution, they became used to the radiation of space, and yeah. radiation is actually nourishment to them. Right. Um, you know, it just... Your screams nourish me. <laughs> <laughs> I grow fat on your screams. <laughs> it's just... Uh, yeah. Well, you bring up a really good point, which is Throughout the history of Greys, Little Green Men, I, my personal opinion is, is we fall into the trap of hubris that is, if there's an intelligent life form, they look like us. Which I think ties into religion because if yeah. you believe that there's – and there are clearly, based on the numbers, a lot of people in America who be both believe strongly in God and strongly in aliens – those people might believe that if God made both, he made both in his image. Therefore, humanoid grays. But I think we, again, like, like you were saying, we fall into something that breaks down with good science, which is to say every planet and its evolution is completely reliant on the elements that are there. And it's how, where is it in the Goldilocks zone? How far is it from its star? And it's very silly of us to just assume that other intelligent life is going to look more or less like we do and piggybacking on that you know it's our our entire method of communication you know the way that we talk to other people our language is all a byproduct of our evolution so even if there was another life form out there the way that they you know communicate the way that they transfer ideas from one entity to another could be completely different than right. yeah. us just talking to each I, other I, I think it also goes into kind of chronological snobbery which is like a term where people will be like <laughs> <laughs> great term um, <laughs> great band name uh, <laughs> cool band but it, it's essentially snobbery. it's essentially like oh well we're so much more advanced than people of the past that they were all dumb because they didn't understand the basic things like you know the the more a a a, a society advanced the more that like knowledge advanced so it's like you know we take for granted like einstein's findings and and 
everything that we have and it's just like oh yeah no it just all makes sense and people were stupid back in the day because they didn't have the, this information readily available but it's really not like it, from like a, an educational standpoint you can't really be like oh they were stupid because they're a hundred years older than us and they didn't have the advancements that we have like people are still fucking stupid and I feel like it kind of ties into that where you're like and like you were saying the hubris where you're like oh well like of course we're 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 the peak we're of the evolution yeah, yeah we're the peak of evolution and we need people to like these extraterrestrial beings to come in and regulate us because we're the biggest threat it's like nah if they can if they can master intergalactic flight like we're the least of their fucking worries right yeah yeah, yeah. why would when, they humor us i mean we have astrophysicists have done the math on what it would take for us to get to even potentially habitable planets and it's so far it's so yeah. tremendously far out of the scope to, of what we could do any remote time soon we would have to be at least a type one society uh, a type one society is able to harness all of its potential energy right my, my from dad their is planet. a type two diabetic <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a type one diabetic that's why oh, we don't shit. We that's why we don't get along <laughs> uh, we're always rumbling for <laughs> Like and just to give an idea, a type two planet is that they have found a way to harness all the energy of their sun. Right, Dyson uh, sphere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and we're not there yet. <laughs> no, Solar like panels. the amount of electricity it would actually take. <laughs> <Wake up>. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of electricity it would even take uh, for <laughs> a signal to reach us is. Almost impossible. Yeah, it, it's oh, impossible I, beyond our, our understanding. So yeah. we have to assume that if someone, because that's this is where I, as again, I'm I'm sort of a I want to believe person too. We've talked about this on other no, podcasts. No, I am too. Yeah. I want to go on record right now. But this is oh, largely I, where it falls short for me is the idea of they'd have to be so advanced beyond our comprehension that they wouldn't care about the, us. I, well, and even and if they did, they'd make it known. Because why yeah. else make it? That's, that's where I get hung up. Like, we watched videos of this guy that I think we should kind of close out talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, this guy who had some videos and, and of basically aliens peeking in his windows. And okay. all I could think is... Wait, if, hold on. If they made it here... <laughs> Pump hold on. Breaks. Here's my big problem. Because, like, you, you guys know me. Like, I'm a pretty open guy to, to a lot of this stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll try anything. <laughs> but... Also. There was an explosion of alien sightings and UFOs between the 50s and the 80s. There was a huge boom after Encounters of the Third Kind came out. In the 90s, there was also a lot. There was a steep, steep decline in UFO sightings towards the end of the 90s. Because suddenly everybody has a camera on them in their yeah. pocket at all time. Yep. And I always found that to be yeah. really disappointing because, frankly, right now, like, what during the era of a single camcorder shot from uh, the back porch in Kentucky of a UFO, that was plenty. Now, it would be very weird if a UFO were to show up for there to not be thousands of videos of it from thousands of different angles. I mean, hell, look at what happened in L.A., what, two years ago when there were some lights in the sky that just happened to be testing. It was all over social media. Everybody saw it. The rate at which people 
report and see UFOs now has dropped tremendously. And the only explanation at that point would be that they're afraid of our camera phones, which is such a lame. (laughs) (laughs) You know, just wake up, Dave. They're afraid of our camera phones. uh, UFO sightings really do happen all the time still. Yeah. All the time. The thing is, people just assume that it's fake. Yeah, Yeah. we live in in a time where uh, our entire generation questions everything, which is good. We should have been doing that all along. Mm -hmm. But what is concurrently happen is the internet it allows us to be more skeptical but it also allows us to live in our bubble a little more so whereas you don't get these mainstream like news at 11 reports of sightings what we do have are tons and tons of groups of echo chambers that you can go on forums and these people these uh experiencers and ufoers they are alive and well but we don't hear them anymore because there's just so many lines of communication that they no longer have to talk to us. They just have to talk to each other. So it becomes this hotbed of people who believe in it and, and push their theories. And I almost wonder if they are worse off being able to live in it all the time without having to face reality because they can just go down their rabbit hole on the internet that tells them what they want to hear. And so I would almost guess that there's probably more quantitatively people who believe this, but they just, there's too much noise out there. We can't hear them over reports of government conspiracies, reports of, you know, actual things like tampering with our election. Like there are so many things that have completely drowned out the UFO sighting people that they might be out there doing their thing and we just... Yeah. We just don't know because yeah. we're not on their part of the internet. Yeah, like it's interesting. Like I think uh, around two years ago there was a uh, a video that surfaced of strange orbs that someone shot from their camera phone from a plane. So there, I think there still are things, but like Nick is saying, it's just a lot of static where there's – to be honest, there's more important shit to worry about than – And that's what I think right our now. appetite for it has waned significantly. Ever since they canceled the X-Files, you know, it's just, and, and Elf. Oh, and it'll, I just got to give a shout-out to Elf. It'll bounce back <laughs> up. These things come and go in cycles. I, I just um, – I feel like the, the consistency that it showed up over the last 50 years up until the mid to late 90s – wouldn't be yeah. sustainable now. Yeah, no. I hear that. Like, I hear that. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And, so, you know, our, I'm not saying I trust our government. What he I is don't. saying <laughs> is we need like, to develop time machine technology <laughs> and go back, and to, go the back <laughs> to the 50s and give them people some iPhones but so I we just, can get some uh, proof. They'll all just take pictures of their dicks, too. There's not, yeah, that's they, wouldn't, they wouldn't use it it's any the better than we would. Conclusion, the logical conclusion But anyway, technology. Dave was making a point. I would be amazed <laughs> if a government or multiple governments were able to keep a secret like this for this long. They're not, as we've seen in real news stories, no government is that watertight, like in the way that they operate. They're just regular people who fuck up as much as we do. And again, I can't emphasize enough because I know this is going to piss some people off. (laughs) Like I, I so want to believe this. Um, And I think there's a lot of unexplained, things uh, yeah. in our world I just um, I believe they're out there I just I think they're nothing like us and yeah. we we can't even comprehend yeah. and maybe they're here and they're, they exist on a different dimensional plane than we could possibly comprehend like there are things that sound weirder that to me are way more plausible than greys 
basically, or yeah. or flying saucers made of metal. Things that we would do here just seem very far fetched to, to apply yeah. to this. In in that point that we were just discussing, um, there was a a moment in the X Files that um, I thought was really awesome, where someone is like just a typical like conspiracy nut that Mulder and Scully run across. And he's like saying like, Oh, the government's doing this and the government's doing that. And Dana Scully literally says, I think you're giving the government a little too much credit. Like, <laughs> cause at the end of the day, it's a bureaucracy. Like everything in the world stuff, is a fucking mess. Stuff slips. Like, nothing yeah. is a well-oiled machine. People yeah. come and go from careers. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like, yeah. if you, if you work- I mean, look at how long it took for somebody in the NSA to release that they were investigating Trump. Like, yeah, it was, it was Less than the time it took for him to it actually was get elected. Less than three months. <laughs> I, think, I, I mean, I think it's it's kind of low hanging fruit to be like the government has everything on lock and they're and they're watching us and all this stuff. But at the same time, it's like I don't know if if that's really the thing. Just because it's very difficult. Oh yeah, no, don't trust them. But they're also oh, incompetent. I'm so. not saying trust the government. <laughs> yeah, and if and if if any extraterrestrial life has visited us, and they are as advanced as it would take for them to be here, if they didn't want to be seen. I don't think the government's finding them either. No. So right. that would be another theory: no. is maybe they've been here and literally no human knows because right. how how could we possibly? Right, because they'd be so advanced they'd be like literal gods to us. Right. How could they? How could they not be? Yeah. At that so point? Jesus was an alien, right? <laughs> According to Ridley Scott. <laughs> so I think pulling this back into like an entertainment thing, I think we can kind of like round home on. There's a. I haven't watched it yet. There's a Netflix documentary right now about a particular guy who is very much claiming to have had these experiences one way or another. So, Theo, can you tell us a little bit about that? Because I think it's fascinating, like, his whole story. So it's this guy named Stan Romanek. And uh, when I was researching for this episode, I came across the documentary on Netflix and I started watching it and it turns out like I'd read stuff that this guy had written before and there's like a particular video that he took that I'd seen before without realizing that it was this person. And so I'm watching it and I'm going to recommend that you watch it because it's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> the way the way that I want to describe the, the stuff that this guy says is – when you come home from being out and the trash is torn up and you see the dog just sitting there and you can tell the dog is trying to pass it off like he didn't do it. <laughs> if that Wiley. dog could make up a story and speak <laughs> in English, <laughs> that would be similar to the shit that this man says. So he talks about how um, for his entire life he'd been visited by aliens and abducted like – multiple multiple times like a couple times a year and like he has all this um <laughs> to the point where they're basically just the raccoons like yeah. in his backyard like oh those damn aliens are back and <laughs> he has like this footage of like ufos and like all these pictures of like um he says he'd be abducted abducted in the day after he'd had these like weird like cuts on his arms that were in like forming in like patterns and stuff and he talked about how like the government was after him because they he was going to like expose the existence of alien life and all this shit and it's just clearly fake. <laughs> and but the the guy the guy is selling it. And the the one video it's it's um, kind of famous I'd seen it before it's called the Peeping Tom video. But it's this video he says he set up a camcorder in his living room because there was an alien in his yard. Ah. And they set up the camcorder and he left. And you just see the alien's head pop up 
like over the windowsill and kind of like turn. Yeah. It's just, it's just the scary. Oh, it's me. And it's then the it scary goes, movie three aliens. Yeah. <laughs> and like really quick, the head goes back down. And then it goes up a little bit slower and he looks around. And then the guy runs in the frame, he looks out the window, he's like, what the fuck was that? And it's I mean, just... They mastered space travel. They wouldn't be looking through a window. Yeah, so... Mr. Yeah, like, they're, he doesn't phase yeah. through the wall or anything. Right. He's just kind of, like, on his tippy toes, leaning on the window. <laughs> right, and that's, like, what you're saying. If they were here, we wouldn't be able to know they were here. They wouldn't have to, you know, just peek in through windows and shit. Um, but, like, the, the dude makes up all these, like, phony baloney claims that he tries to pass off. And, like, one of the things he says is that he had consulted a digital video expert that told him that the... Um, video would have cost $65,000 to fake. <laughs> now, <laughs> some kind now, of... And, and at this point, pause. <laughs> literally watch the video and you tell me where that $65,000 would have went. Yeah. A bunch so of this, the skeptics, <laughs> so the skeptics, this, this um, skeptic society decided they were going to put that to the test and they were able to recreate the video for ninety dollars. Now, personally, <laughs> I think they embezzled eighty of those dollars <laughs> and like spent it on like beer and hookers or something because it's multiple hookers yeah, like, for eighty dollars. Those are because I feel like women are selling themselves. I for feel way like too we cheap. could do that now, just using shit I have in my e- basement. Yeah. Everyone's got an iPhone. It's not hard anymore. Uh, right. So this dude is like a huge proponent of. Uh, aliens uh, existing on Earth and talks about how he has contact with one who calls him Starseed and he's supposed to be like Starseed? Yeah, and he's supposed to be like a prophet and the aliens are here to like guide us to our new level of evolution and this is all happening and I'm looking them up online and one of the first things that pops up is UFO expert Stan Romanek arrested for child pornography. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> there so it is. in 2014, he, he actually, he turned himself in because there was like an investigation. Because he's uh, he awful. Had, he had child porn on his computer and um, he, it's actually, it, it's crazy because uh, the trial is actually happening in like two weeks. I think it's the 30th of all, July this year he's going to trial for it. And it's crazy because He's claiming that it's a setup. Aliens it's, made me do it. He, he's saying well, that even um, weird. Yeah, he's yeah. saying that it's like the the pictures found on his computer were planted there because the government's trying to discredit him. He and his wife are really active on Twitter, and they've said that they are going to make this trial about UFO conspiracies. Right. And I have to say, I don't think I've ever been as excited for a child pornography case <laughs> as I am. Child for pornography this one. case of the year, guys. Okay, I just want to set the record straight. Child pornography, very wrong. Everyone who does it is a fucking scumbag. All right, so I'm going to edit that up to make you sound like a child molester. Do not, please. I would appreciate it. But UFO shit. That's all cool. Yeah. Well, this is an example of you know the the being a. a, a pedophile thing aside he's doing <laughs> this for that fact <laughs> well he's the, his whole shtick is for profit or attention right he never saw a fucking alien no he's he, never he abducted. Fucking, he's yeah been, quote unquote sixty five thousand fucking dollars yeah right to he's, make a fucking a, thing that we can he's make. a liar after this can we just like make a, a video that's better than that and more believable <laughs> than that for like 20 bucks at the very least we can probably get 90 out of it I so, got like you know, 40 like, hey, bucks in my wallet we'll go to Dave and Buster's yeah. Or, yeah, we'll, crowd we'll hit up Spencer's we'll uh, <laughs> buy so, some blacklight posters 
Okay, so that's obviously an example of a dirtbag um, and kind of a crazy person. Like, he's, he's a pederast. However, the reason... <laughs> Eight-year-olds, dude. I have no issue with people believing that aliens have been here is it forces people to look around and ask questions, which is really the basis of what we do on this podcast. Even if, you know, maybe half of us don't agree with this particular subject um, with aliens being here, it's important to question things that are bigger than ourselves. Absolutely. And I think with each of the cases that we've talked about, we've shown that throughout time, it's been at least a serious enough subject to make massive headlines. And even with that last case, besides the fact that it's really interesting, the fact that in an actual court of law, someone is going to have to rebut against this man's claims of abduction to in a very real case. Yeah. It just shows the social impact of this and that it is an important part of our society to have these discussions. So the fact that we live in a world where he can profit off of this in any way goes to show how much belief is out there. And we've kind of talked about some of the statistics around that. With that being said, again, we know we have people listening who have their own theories, their own very strong opinions on this. And just as much as any other subject and even more as we're sitting here talking about it. We want to hear about it. We want to know. We will definitely follow up on some of these things. We want to know what are your encounter stories of yourself, people that you know, and what do you think? What are some things that you've read? I mean, there's so much out there about this, and we got it. We we want to know more about it. Absolutely. Yeah. And, I mean, I think something we can all agree on is that most people at the very least will admit it is more likely than not that we are not alone in the universe. We're just trying to figure out the specifics of it. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, if you've ever French kissed an alien, you know, hit us up on AOE pod on Twitter. We'd love to hear that story. <laughs> if you are a star seed. <laughs> if you or someone you know is a star seed, please uh, look for us on Facebook at the Age of Enfrightenment. Hit but, us up on Twitter at AOE underscore podcast or go to our website, AOEpod.com. If you're involved in any form of quackery... <laughs> Yeah, then get the fuck get, out. Get the fuck out. We're just not face. showing up no for that. No time for the quackery. <laughs> and what was that thing? Snobbery? Chronological, Chronological snobbery. snobbery. Chronological snobbery. Get the fuck out. Yeah, we also challenge all of our listeners to use that term in in, in a conversation. Please do. Sometimes I would be very happy if I brought that to the world. <laughs> oh, we want to thank you for chatting with us, Carl. Yeah, Carl, thanks. Go fuck yourself, Dave. All right. And like Carl- I said, I will make you look like a pedophile. Don't do that. May the record show. Dave so, is manipulating it. So, Carl, here's the plug section of the podcast. Tell us about all of the pedophilic things that oh, you're involved in. Oh, God damn it. No, I have nothing to plug. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so thank you for for talking to us. This has been really cool. We'll have you back um, about this or other subjects. We really hope everybody enjoyed talking about this one, and we can't wait to hear your thoughts on it as well. Yeah, right in. Keep watching the skis. (laughs) (laughs) Nailed Uh, it. I mean, skies. I just need to go and get something out of my car. Uh, Mr. Nimoy? I don't think he's coming back. We didn't talk about the Simpsons X-Files episode nearly enough. I only referenced it once. (laughs) All right. right, We love you, Kurt Russell. Thanks, everybody. Keep watching the Kurt Russell. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Bye! (laughs) Bye!